Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop Podcast, a space created to help you connect during your busy day, gain new business skills while on the go, and find small, actionable steps you can use to create the business and life you crave. I'm your host, Robin Walker, a fifth-generation entrepreneur with a planning background and experience running multiple businesses ranging from product to service-based. Strategic planning and goal setting have always been at the forefront. I strive to help women like you build their businesses through one-on-one strategic planning and coaching, impactful group accountability programs, and in-person events like the annual two-day Lakeside Conference in Southern Wisconsin. Our group thrives on the support and camaraderie that women can provide each other while reaching for our dreams and raising our families. When you are ready to finally achieve that big goal and get the accountability to get there, I invite you to join us in the Impact Membership Circle. We meet for quarterly goal setting, action step creation, and mastermind calls to keep you on task. We have a spot waiting just for you. Welcome to season two. I'm showcasing some of my favorite business experts that will be speaking at the 2020 Lakeside Conference. Today, we're going to be talking about what some people might consider a bad four-letter word, one that we tend to avoid both in business and in our personal lives. Sorry, now your brain is probably working through all the four-letter words that you know. Get your mind out of the gutters, ladies. The word you could be embracing instead of avoiding is health. Why are so many of us reluctant to get help in our business? Based on the conversations that I've had in coaching sessions with my clients, it boils down to three reasons. Number one, fear. I won't do it the legal way and will get in trouble. Two, overwhelm. I don't know what I could even hire for. I don't even know where to begin. Or number three, fear again. I will waste my time training someone that will leave or steal my process or client or it will be too expensive and I won't be able to stay in business. When in reality, hiring and asking for help could be the one thing that you need to do to grow. What if that was the one thing that would both free up your time and help you bring in more revenue? Even if you don't think you need to hire, I'm challenging you to listen to the end and see if you can't find at least one place in your life or business that you could afford to bring in help. Here today to walk us through help and hiring is Jamie Van Kuyk. Jamie is a small business consultant that can help you avoid hiring mistakes and keep your assistants and employees at the top of their game so that you can feel confident, adequately supported as you move your business forward. Jamie has been to the Lakeside Conference since the beginning and is also a member of the Impact Membership Circle. So I have had the pleasure of getting to know her and her business really well. She is truly an expert at all things hiring. You may think you don't need this topic, but you probably do. Hi, Jamie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you on. I remember the first time I met you at the conference a few years back. You were standing with Nicole Fazeranti at the wine tasting, and I came up to meet you both. And I was so impressed. You guys, Jamie is from Florida. The conference is in Wisconsin. And I was so impressed that you hopped a plane, not knowing anyone at the event, and showed up smiling and engaging. Is that normal for you? Um, I would say it's normal for me. Even though I'm a big introvert, 
and sometimes going into places where I don't know anyone can be intimidating when it's like, oh, now I need to go network and I need to meet people. But I've never really let that hold me back from experiencing something new. So it's like, even though I might not want to talk to people when I'm there, I'm just like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go because I'm not going to learn anything sitting at home. Like I got to go out and experience things. Your answer doesn't really surprise me because it seems like you are such a go-getter. Have you always been very driven since you were young? Oh, yes, definitely. I was always the type of person that I wouldn't say I was told no a lot growing up. But if I was told no, it was typically for like, it wasn't no, you can't do it. It was like, no, you need to figure it out. I just remember I wanted to go on a trip to Greece in college. It was a school trip. And my parents said, no, we've already paid for you to go to Italy. We paid for you to go to France with school. We're not paying for another trip. And I was just like, well, you didn't say I couldn't go on the trip. You just said you weren't going to pay for it. So now I need to figure out how am I going to pay for this trip? And I got myself to Greece. Excellent. You guys should see Jamie's amazing post-it note to-do list. Um, It is a thing of beauty. In the impact group, each member maps out their action steps to meet their goal for the quarter. Jamie wrote out each step on a post-it and then displayed them on a board in her office. I think you were going for star student that month, (laughs) but it was such a great visual. It took a little extra work, but did you find that that was helpful? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm a very big pen and paper planner. When I try to do it electronically for the initial planning purposes of it, I just lose steam. So I need the pen and paper. I need that tactile tactile feel to like write things out. And then having something where it can't get lost in the back of my computer screen when I have a million tabs open definitely helps me keep track of everything. So couldn't walk out of my office without seeing those post-it notes. So it was was great. It was a great reminder. It doesn't get lost in a notebook either in the bottom of your bag, or in my case, which notebook did I put that in? Because there's about four in my bag at all times. Uh, in In the intro, I mentioned a lot of reasons that I've heard women say that they've avoided getting professional support in their business. What are some of the reasons that your clients have told you that is something holding them back from hiring or getting support? The fear of delegating. That's definitely a big one. They've been doing the work themselves and now they have to trust somebody else. Also, a lot of people that I work with, they're coming from businesses where they were solopreneurs and there's a solopreneur title out there. And a lot of women say, I identify as a solopreneur. I build my brand around me being a solopreneur. I maybe even help solopreneurs in my practice. And now am I doing something wrong because I'm no longer going to be a solopreneur if I bring on an employee or help? Sometimes it's just that mindset of having to let go of what they've branded themselves to be and helping them realize, well, you can still be the face of your company and not do everything. There's a lot of companies out there that these big names that we all follow, especially those of us who are in the online business space, and they're not doing everything themselves. But sometimes that mindset of you don't have to do everything yourself just because you've been a solopreneur in the past. And that is a great place to hide. Yep. If, if you are unsure about where you're headed or you don't have a strategy, it's a great place to hide to say, well, that's just not really my brand. I really can't hire. And it's really a, a form of self-sabotage that inhibits your growth. Yes. Yes, it is. These are all legitimate fears that can happen as you up-level as well, correct? So maybe you have hired and then now you're going to your next level and it's a bigger hire or more permanent hire. I would imagine you'd go through these fears again. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh, why should we hire? Can't I just do things myself and pay service providers project by project? You know, paying service providers project by project is fine if that's what your business needs. But when you try to do everything yourself, you reach your personal capacity. After a certain point, you can't physically do more. Or if you are trying to do it all, you're sacrificing something else. Are you sacrificing time with your family? Are you working 24-7? Are you sacrificing self-care? Are you not going on vacations? Are you doing things that, as I always say, if your boss treated you like the way you're treating yourself, would you stay in that job? Most people Ooh. would say, no, I would never work for a boss that treated me like I'm treating myself. So it's like, yes, there's so much, there's a lot you can do, but is it the best thing for you to do? And you can only do so much. So your business is only going to get so far if you do everything yourself, because either you don't have time to do more or you don't have the skill and knowledge to move your business in the way it needs to go. Yes, probably most of us can go out and learn how to create a website ourselves. but is that really the best use for our, of our time when we can hire somebody? And yes, it does cost money and some good designers are, could be seen as pricey when you're first starting a business, but the time you save having to learn that and, the time, and getting an expert to do it, it's probably gonna look better. And then you're putting your time where it needs to be for your business. I would guess too, when you're just hiring project by project, it's someone new each time, or maybe it's someone that is, um, maybe you use the same person each time, but they're not really getting into the depths of your business. Mm -hmm. And so I would guess that if you are hiring someone to do the same thing all the time, they're really familiar with their, your business. They know your mission, they know your values, and you're not recreating the wheel and having to reintroduce that every time you hire someone to do just a part of a project versus having them work with you all the time. Correct. Exactly. For you, Robin, there's probably help you bring in to help with the conference. It's a big task. There's people that help you in the background, whether it's during the actual event itself, you know, helping leading up to it. And now that you're in your fourth year, there's probably some of the same people that you go back to year after year. They might not be people that you work with through the entire year because the fluctuations of the events might mean that sometimes you need that, that help, other times you don't. But when you go back to the same people over and over again, even when they're contractors, they are familiar. So there's less of a ramp up time. They know your brand. They know what you expect as an outcome. So they're more likely to meet your expectations. So it's like, yeah, you don't need to have someone, if your business doesn't call for it, on your staff all throughout the entire year or having a contract with them all throughout the entire year. But growing consistency where you can is going to do amazing things for your business. I completely agree. And with the example of the conference, I like tech, but I am not a tech guru. If I tried to be the tech guru <laughs> of the conference, it would be a nightmare. And I love, uh, we have Suzanne comes back every year as our tech person. I literally just pass the speakers on to her. If they have a tech question, I'm not even involved. I don't even know what the hookups are because that's not my area of expertise and it would take me away from greeting people and connecting with people and making them feel at home, which is my strength. Yeah, and with that, 
one of the things with attending your conference is the fact that here's this, this business owner, this woman who's running this conference and she takes time to greet and talk to everybody. You're making people feel welcome. And that's a big part of your role there at the conference. So it's like, yeah, you could be doing all that technical backend stuff, making sure people are where they're supposed to be, making sure their computers are running. And it would completely change the feel of the conference because then you wouldn't be out there greeting people, doing those interactions and everything that make the event what it is. So sometimes we have to balance of, can I do it versus should I be doing it? Also, I think it's important to stay within your strengths so that you aren't stressed out doing the things that don't come naturally or that you don't like. And I've worked a lot with Jenny Shubring on my strengths and I need to be in those roles at the event or in my business. If I'm trying to do tech, I'm going to be stressed out. I'm going to be frazzled. And so then when I go to communicate with the attendees, it's not going to be in space that I would like it to be because I'd be stressed out trying to force myself to do something I don't want to do. And when you think of how you reflect with your family, if you've spent your day trying to learn a new software program that is not your strength, and you've spent six hours and your kid comes home from school with bad news, your response is going to be different than had you hired someone and they walked you through it in 30 minutes and you were done and doing things you enjoy. Yes, definitely. I think there's some women too that have hesitated to hire because they aren't really sure what they should hire for. Now, I know people can come to you one-on-one and you help them figure that out. Do you have some examples of some things that women in business or women running a business hire out for at some different levels of growth? Yes. It's going to be different whether you need someone because you're brick and mortar, you need someone physically there versus if you need help more in a virtual aspect. But some of the first places to hire out for most businesses are those back-end admin tasks. The things that you need to get done because they help your business function but you personally don't have to do them. You, especially when you're a small business, you're typically the face of your, of your company. You're the one going out doing the marketing. You're servicing the clients if you're a service provider. You're probably overseeing or creating the products if you're product based. So there's a lot of things that you personally need to do. And then there's a lot of admin work that you don't need to do. It just needs to get done. So looking at those tasks, that's normally a great place to, to start. Even if you think of a brick and mortar place, uh, let's say a therapist office or something like that, typically one of the first people they hire is someone either to do like the back end books or someone to schedule appointments. Then they might look at, okay, well now I have someone scheduling my appointments, I'm full, let's add a second of me. But helping, just finding people to help you with those smaller back end tasks can do wonders for your business because it puts your focus on the higher value tasks that are going to bring in more revenue. And I'm guessing people are missing some important tasks or information, such as KPIs or really monitoring their social media and what posts are actually converting. Did that Facebook ad, was it worth the money or not? Because they're so busy in their day-to-day or creating what's next, is they're not going back and doing that? Where if you have someone that that is their role to gather that information, assess the information, and present it to you, that's so much easier and so worth the money. Oh, oh yes, definitely. There's some businesses, the type of business you are and the type of help you need, it's going to have to be an employee 100% to start sure. with. 
other places, you can definitely start with contractors. And I think independent contractors are a great place to start at times because of the fact that you can test things out. So if you're trying to figure out what really needs to happen on social media, what channels do I need to be on, you can hire someone that specializes in certain channels and then test to see, is my audience on Facebook? Can we actually create a strategy around here that's going to be a good marketing strategy and produce a positive ROI? And if it turns out it's not, and maybe Instagram's the place you need to be, you can drop that Facebook and move over to Instagram. And maybe then it needs to be a different person, someone that specializes specifically in Instagram versus Facebook. And you have that ability to be flexible when you start with contractors. And one of the biggest things that I hear women complain about is I don't have enough time. I don't have enough hours in the day to get everything done. So if you are wasting your time in that example on a platform that's not converting, you are going to free up more time by knowing that information. Oh, yes. Definitely. And if, if you don't know what KPIs are or where to even find them, then that's why you look to an expert that can help you. <laughs> so you don't waste all that time researching and trying to figure out where to find them, how to document them, how to record them. Just find someone who already knows how. Yeah. And that's also another beauty of like hiring contractors is when you hire a contractor, they should be an expert in whatever you're hiring them for, or at least know more than you do that it's going to help get you to that next level. And so, yeah, you don't have to worry about, wait, I want to do Facebook strategy. Now I need to figure out a Facebook strategy and present it to an employee who's going to execute it. They should be coming in and taking the lead and directing you on what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and really running the show because they know how to execute that type of work if you hire the right person based on what your needs are. Sure. I think money comes up a, a lot. It's going to be a big investment, which I mean, you're going to have to spend money. That's kind of part of the deal. What do you say to women that are worried about the investment or wasting money, perhaps? Let's say you're looking for someone for your brick and mortar and you go through all the training and then it turns out you don't feel like they're a good fit, which I can anticipate part of your answer on that. Uh, but what would you say to women who, who money seems to be what's holding them back from hiring? So we'll start at the very beginning of this. And one thing you have to keep in mind when you're hiring is each person you pay to do work for your business should produce a positive ROI. If it's not producing a positive ROI, then you have problems where either you hired the wrong position or you didn't fill it properly. But when you're planning you should be able to say, if I have someone do this work, it's going to have an impact on my company. This impact on my company is going to help produce more revenue. So either their position directly produces more revenue. So maybe you're hiring someone to, to focus on sales. Or if you're a service provider and your hours are billable, well, there's more billable hours for your company because you hire someone else that can do additional work. Or they indirectly bring in revenue because they focus on certain tasks, let's say the back-end admin work, which gives you more time to go out and bring in additional revenue. So all positions should produce revenue for your company. And they should be able to produce enough revenue after they're fully trained in their role and you have the ability to see the impact of that role. They should be producing enough revenue to cover the cost of that position plus potentially bringing in you more money. So when you look at the cost of hiring someone, 
maybe for the first month or two, depending on the role, it could be up to the first six months. If it's a full-time employee and they have a lot of training, they need to go through probably about six months. After that point, they should be producing you revenue. So you don't have to look at your current revenue structure and say, how am I going to afford this employee long-term? It should be, how can I afford this employee until it's producing revenue for the company? So that's one way to look at it is employees, yes, they're an expense, but they should have a positive impact on your bottom line. So we then need to look at what positions right to bring on now to get that positive impact. For example, I was speaking with a friend the other month and this friend was starting a podcast and she goes, well, ideally I would love to bring in a podcast manager, but I'm trying to figure out the ROI for it. And we talked about it and she goes, well, I don't know if I'm going to get a positive ROI that's going to match what I'd have to pay a podcast manager. So then we started working backwards to say, okay, well, what do we think it's going to do to your business at first? And we ended up getting, developing a much smaller position for fewer hours per month. That was exactly what she needed to feel comfortable that the position could produce a positive ROI. And then as that podcast grows and she gets more business from it and she earns more revenue from that podcast, then she can increase that position to go from the small podcast help that she has today to being a full-fledged podcast manager that she's paying in the future because the position developed along with her business. To then answer, what happens if I get a person in and they're the wrong fit, like they're not working? A lot of this comes down to hiring. You know, we need to make sure that we're hiring the right people. And that's where a lot of business owners fail. Most business owners aren't trained in hiring. They go out and do a quick Google search. What are the best interview questions to ask? They don't know totally. how those interview <laughs> questions yeah, really tie back to the position. They hire off of gut feelings versus making sure a person can actually do the work. We hire our friends and family because... <laughs> mm family needs a job. Maybe it's the kids that are home for vacation. Maybe it's um, someone we know who's just needs, needs something. A mom, friend of ours who is trying to get back in the workforce or work a few hours while the kids are in school. And we're like, oh, well, I run a business. I need some help. Let me hire you. And a lot of times that turns out to be a bad choice because they might not actually be the right fit for the role. The idea of going into hiring without a plan or a strategy is that just makes my chest hurt. <laughs> and I know you and I are big planners and not everyone is, but it really speaks to the importance, especially when money is at stake, of really creating a plan and having a strategy. And in your example, that that employer could scale back and try a smaller role first and really figuring out the numbers. Yep. My question for that is, what about when the ROI is not measurable financially, but it is a benefit, whether that's self-care or time with your family? An example I'm thinking of is a counselor that is trying to do all their own billing. And I mean, there's also the, the aspect of you may not be, if you're not up on your billing, there's probably money out there that you're not collecting. Right. But on the second hand, instead of staying after work two hours a week, doing billing that you hate. If you're a counselor, that might not be your strength. People are your strength. So then you get to go home earlier because someone else is doing that work so that you're more well-rested when you return to work the next day. You're better able to serve your clients. Is there a way to measure that or should it always be financial ROI from the get-go? 
So I think there's two ways to look at that. Like one, you do have to look at the impact on your personal life as well. I know one of my clients that I was recently working with, he runs a gym and he was working from open to close and he opens so people could work out before work and he closes so people can work out after work. Those are very long days and he has two little kids and his biggest goal when we were working together was I want to at least a few nights a week be home to tuck the kids into bed. I don't want to miss this whole entire childhood. So there was that impact there of us getting him comfortable with his staff so he could say, okay, you guys are serving the clients tonight. I'm going home for dinner and bedtime with my family. So there is that return on investment when it comes to your personal life as well and what it's doing for your well-being. But we also have to look at it as if we are stressing ourselves out and we are grinding ourselves down and working 24-7 and having all this mental stress, chances are it's impacting your work anyway. Yes, you might say, well, I have billable hours. If my billable hours are full, I'm making the same money, you know, whether I'm working 40 hours a week or 70 hours a week. So I, how am I going to make more money by working fewer hours? And part of that is, are you having a positive impact on your client? If you are a counselor and you are drained in those meetings, are you having the best impact on them? If and will not, they come back? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to come back? As they always say, it's cost less to keep a customer than it does to acquire a new customer. So if you're not keeping your clients happy because you're not fully mentally there, you're going to have to spend a lot of time getting new business and you're always going to have to be hunting for that new business instead of continually serving the same customer. So it, that stuff can have a financial impact on your business. It is harder to measure in some cases, but it does have an impact on your business. But yes, like personal health, the ability for self-care, the ability to take vacations, all that stuff matters too. So if you have the financials in your expenses, especially if you follow profit first and you're like, well, I have this money for expenses, let me pay for a bookkeeper and have it be an expense versus it's going to bring me more revenue, then that's something that you need to do just for, so you can take it off your plate and be mentally focused when you're performing the work that you're doing. So really front end, make that plan, strategize. Don't just jump in and wing it and start putting out a help wanted ad without really doing your work first. Yeah. Is there a common mistake that you see with specifically uh, women business owners that, that you see a lot of people making? The biggest mistake that I see, especially with women business owners, is they say they're ready to accept help in their business, but they don't take the time to figure out exactly what that help looks like before they go and hire. So as you talked about, like we're big planners, but a lot of people aren't. So they, they just want to jump right in. And they say, especially if you're working in the online environment, I'm going to hire a VA because that's the first hire a lot of people make. Well, let's be honest about VAs. They're amazing, they're great, but each one focuses on something different. There's hardly two VAs that are exactly the same. So saying that you're gonna hire a VA doesn't really do much for you. You need to figure out exactly what you want that VA to focus on, what job description is gonna be. A lot of people think job descriptions, they're for employees, but they're really for independent contractors as well because you need to know what this person needs to do for your business what it means for them to be successful, what it means for you to be happy with their work. And then once you figure all that out, then you can go and hire the right person. Because the VA that has the most referrals that your friends are using might not be the right person for you. They could be amazing, 
but is it what you need? So this March, you guys, you can come and hear Jamie speak in person. Uh, she's very personable. You could totally come up to her at the conference and start chatting with her, get to know her. She's going to be teaching a breakout session all on these topics and really giving you more information on how to move forward or take your next step if you've already hired how to uh, decide what's next for you. Her session is called Help and Hiring, Leveraging Assistants, Contractors, and Employees for Business Growth. So what could someone expect to hear about or learn in this breakout session? going to talk about how hiring help will be beneficial to your business, how you're hurting your business when you don't hire help, when help is actually needed. My biggest thing is even though I guide people through the hiring process, I don't want you to hire help if it's not needed. So I teach people how to identify if it's needed and help you understand what you're doing to your business when you don't take advantage of help when you need it. And then we're going to talk about the different types of help that are out there. Independent contractors, there's employees, some people go to interns thinking that they're going to be a great option. So we're just going to talk about the different types of help so you really understand what you can look for when you need someone for your business. When you need to say, hey, I can't do it all myself. If I want to reach this goal, I need to bring in somebody else. So even if they're not ready to hire the day after the conference, this is still a great breakout to attend to really get the information I always think it's important to let things incubate for a while. So if you're ready to hire, you think you're going to hire for whatever that next position or role is in your business, it's good to let this stuff sink in. So as you're working in your business, you start noticing things, think of other things they could do or what else you might need. So it's great to come to this session and get the information and start to kind of process it over time. Yes, exactly. So if you think that adding someone to your business, getting help in anywhere in 2020 is going to be something you're going to do, definitely attend. If you're still not sure about how help can really benefit your business, it'd be a great session for you as well to come and learn about that so you know what to look out for so you don't hold yourself back by not hiring. And this could even come down to hiring someone to clean your house. Oh, yes or detail your car, or the things that most people, <laughs> me included, don't really enjoy doing after working all day. And yes, I have teenagers, so they do help out. But there's so many other ways that could free up our time to either spend it with our family or spend it in our business. Yes, exactly. So we know there's so many women who are starting their business with their kids at home. And sometimes even just hiring that nanny who's going to come and watch your kids for a few hours a week so you can go and close yourself in the office and get work done, that's a form of hiring help. It's sure. saying, I can't do it all at once, and this is what I need so I can focus on my business, get more work done, serve more clients, and make more money for my family. I love it. Attendees also have the option to upgrade to a VIP ticket, which we recommend you all do, of course. And they can have a one-on-one -on -one consulting session with you at the event. What would be a good use of this time together? So if you are at the stage of your business where you're trying to figure out what type of help to bring in, we can go over what your needs are, look at different areas of your business to kind of develop where you should go looking for help, what's really going to be the best use of your money when you go to leverage help for your business. If you're someone who knows that you're ready to go hire, or maybe you've hired in the past and things haven't really worked out, 
as well as you hope they would, we can then use this time to really develop and start, we'll start to develop your hiring strategy. You know, what you should be looking for in those interviews, what's important to ask during an interview question, how to tell if a candidate is qualified, and just prepare you for that hiring process. If someone wants to jump the gun and get some help now and they can't wait till the conference, where can they find you to start getting help with hiring? Yeah, you can go to my website. It's jamievc.com. So that's J-A-M-I-E and then VC, so short for my last name, Van Kike, because I knew having people spell Van Kike to go to my website was not the best option. So just jamievc.com. And you can contact me through there. I also have a Facebook group and it's the Solopreneur to Employer Journey Facebook group. So we can connect there. I can answer your questions and we can talk more about what you need to take the next step to hiring the right people for your business. And if you guys join her group, she does a lot of Facebook lives, a lot of trainings. There's a lot of great information in there. I believe taking action can solve so much of our entrepreneurial overwhelm. Can you give us one action step that people can take if they're considering hiring or getting some help in their business? The action step would be start planning what that role will look like. If you're still trying to figure out exactly what that role is going to be, have that action step, like keep a pad of paper by your desk and start writing down tasks, the things that stress you out, the things you're not good at, the things that you keep telling yourself, I need to do this, but you're pushing it down to the bottom of the list, not because it's low priority, but because you just don't want to do it. Those are good things to start writing down. So that way you have a list of ideas of places where help can really start to benefit your business. And then you can start looking at that list to say, how can I develop a position around this? How, how can I find help around this? Sometimes you'll notice that you need more than one person to help you because things don't all fall together. But creating that list is the first action step to take is figuring out what tasks you can hand off to somebody else. Excellent. I always ask my guests for some final wise words. We're all surrounded by such amazing women in our lives. Is there something your mom or grandmother or a woman in your life has, has told you that's really stuck with you? So I know there's a lot of great women that have said a lot of great things, but some of the best things have come around conversations that I've had, especially with women in the impact group that we're a part of. And one of my favorite quotes is actually something that I just randomly blurted out in one of our meetings. It kind of resonated with a lot of people there. And now I kind of have it my go-to saying. So even though it didn't come from another woman particularly saying it, it came from a conversation with a bunch of great business women that I know because of Robin. And that one thing was I asked someone in the meeting and we were talking about delegating, handing things off. I said, does it need to be done by you or does it just need to be done right? Because if it just needs to be done right, you can hire and train someone else to do it. I just love that. And I just love the conversation that it created around that and making us realize that we don't need to do everything ourselves. We can have other people do it. We're not the only person that's capable of doing things. We have to trust other people and know the difference between in our business, what we personally need to do versus the stuff that just needs to be done. That is a great place to end. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us and your expertise on help and hiring. Everybody make sure that you grab your ticket to the Lakeside Conference so that you can meet the lovely Jamie Van Kyke in person. Thanks to everyone for listening. Now go get back to work. 